You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou, the one-on-one series. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. But this, like, I love it at high speed. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I, I live in, I live in Aliso. Yeah. So, you know, like. Links. I love links. Yeah, for some reason. Just because yeah. I get to go fast and yeah. do that's, things. That's where I think like the bigger bikes <clears throat> give you that comfort to go faster. Yes. And if you were going to time yourself, you might have more fun on a smaller bike. Prefer to ride the smaller bike. But I bet your times will be faster on the bigger bike. Exactly. And you'll be more relaxed, more comfortable, uh, able to Are just... Are you on the team? Is it a team? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just race sport. Does, just everyone, does everyone have to ride the same um, brand? Santa Cruz? No, no, no. Yeah, yes. All right, guys. And <laughs> we, we had a technical difficulty, so now now we're back on the air. Uh, welcome to be on the bike. Uh, we started a little late. Uh, we had to restart the computer, so I apologize. Wow, um, technology. What's the deal, guy? It sucks, but uh, we do have Kevin Aiello in the studio hey. with, with Uncle B. Hey. And Brad. Brad, what's your last name? Oyen. Oyen. Okay. Yes. And uh, you guys can go online and go to Hits One One Radio and. You guys can send in your questions. Kevin will answer them, no matter what kind of question he sends in. Hey, hey, send hey, hold on, hold on. This, <laughs> is, a, this is a family show. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if families are listening, but if they are, aloha. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so I apologize. Uh, Kevin, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. Glad so to be here. So we're going to have to restart the whole show, but it's all right. We'll, we'll get it fixed. All right. So, Kevin, let's, uh, let's talk about where you were born, man. Take two. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> oh, no. uh, born and raised right here in Orange County. Um, I think I was born in Orange, and I've lived in Rancho Santa Margarita uh, my whole life, pretty much. Okay. RSM. RSM. And uh, you started you started riding bikes, uh, what, um, pretty young? Yeah, I think, I think I got into mountain bikes maybe seventh grade, but... Um, you know, growing up, it was it was something new every week. You know, we had the neighborhood little posse, and we were uh, we would have you know we'd be full on in skateboarding for a week or two, and then mm-hmm. we'd get over, it, and then we'd be full on into surfing for a week or two, and full on into BMX. So we would just bounce around. You know, I love it all, and I still do a lot of that stuff. And you know, I'm not just dead set. Mountain bike's the only thing I ever do. It's for sure my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I see you skim a lot, yeah. Yeah, we try. I got a. He's, he's got the surf with you right now, man. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Started skimming like maybe four or five years ago, and that's that's probably uh, my my favorite thing to do. You know? Cross training or what? Cross training. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that it helps, but honestly, I I mean, me and Brad have talked about this a million times, but I really think it does. And uh, sprinting through wet sand. Yeah. Yeah, but mostly, I mean, you get on the board and you can feel, you know the energy and, and uh, you know, body position and, and how to make small movements uh, work for you. If you watch Aaron Gwynn, 
go down the hill, man. He's not doing huge movements. He'd he's, be a great skimmer. He would. <laughs> Think about it, Gweeny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I text this guy stuff before his races, you know, little little stuff to just pump him up a little Are you his trainer or what? Are you yeah, like you can his, call uh, me that. Yeah. <laughs> he he's not but I, I text him skim-related things. Yeah. Like, I, you know, Every think time. of this, think of this, oh, and it's all skim-related. Un- Uncle B's a surfer. As you can tell, he's a... All right, it's what I do. I was actually hanging out with uh, Austin... <laughs> Uh, yes, Austin Keen today uh, was watching yeah. his band. Uh, he's a cool cat. And yeah, dude. Kills it. He's a ripper. Uh, yeah. Kills yeah, it. He, he's the uh, Aaron Gwynn and skimming, you know. There you go. <laughs> next week. Next week. Is, is, there, is there like a world championship competition for skimmers or what? There is. Yeah, I think it's at the sure. end of this month, actually. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Laguna's a hotbed for that. It is. Yeah, it's it you know, started there. So, yep. Yep. This, yep. this uh, interview is going to change course real quick, though. That's yeah. right. Back, back, <laughs> back to the bikes. Back to the bikes. Back to the bikes. Yeah. All right. So, um, <clears throat> racing bikes. Let's talk about racing bikes, man. Wait, did, so you, you never raced BMX? No, never raced BMX or motocross. Just, um, yeah, really bounced around from, from one thing to the other. And, um, I really liked riding dirt bikes, but I never raced motocross either. You know, I just uh, I just would go out to the desert with my family and put around and you know kick some little jumps in here and there. But that's that's what got my uh, attention was was riding out a little family trip, uh, dirt biking out in Ocotillo Wells, and I saw I think it was Josh Bender, could have been some random dude that was uh, in a similar state of mind, but mm-hmm. he was out there and he was. Um, he was at Shell Reef, which is, you know, just kind of like this big old, you know, reef, and it's got a couple little spines going down it. And That's Okatea Wells, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I, I've i been out there a couple times when we're riding dirt bikes. I had, a, I have a, had have a quad, 400EX Honda. We'd <laughs> yeah. go to Blow Sand and camp out there. and Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's good so times was, out there. That was crazy, man. I, I saw him riding down, and he, you know, dropped off a couple of the little uh, overhanging cliffs. And I ended up coming back, I think, uh, maybe – a year or two later uh with my mountain bike threw it in the back of my dad's truck and went out there and hiked all the way up and found a big old gap and you know it was way over my head but ended up uh launching it and catching a crosswind and just knocking myself silly and you know I had no idea where i was at by but, yourself uh, so nobody was out there keeping an eye on you or what? oh there was there was you know two thousand people at the bottom okay cheering me on and stuff but yeah i woke up and it was it was all a dream from there but Damn. Yeah. was it on video at least uh i don't think so i think we just got photos but it was it was pretty bad okay oh, yeah. <laughs> but don't regret it yeah you know that's still my favorite thing to do is uh go out you know anywhere with some weird terrain and, and get creative and try to find lines you know mm. that's absolutely my favorite thing to do so what i mean so now no bmx but now you're kind of getting into like just sending it that's that's a pretty extreme jump from like just riding around with your buddies it's you know around the block yeah. and then now uh, like you're trying to knock yourself out <laughs> yeah yeah not trying but it happens more than i like but yeah i think uh that's actually i, I kind of got into that before uh before racing as well you know i kind of would race you know some fontanas here and there and it kind of all happened at the same time i guess but we would go out uh anywhere locally uh, even back to Ocotillo Wells and just uh, bring bring the pick and the shovel and, and just start trying to, you know, link stuff up that we thought, you know, that we eyeballed and mm-hmm. just try it out. And that's that's still uh, still my favorite thing to do. So you started racing at Fontana? Yep, started racing at Fontana. I went out there to, uh, like, 
try out for a team i had no idea what i was doing you know i didn't even know there was races there yeah um but i went out there signed up for a beginner race and i think i won that and then you know jumped to sport and won that and then jumped to junior expert and won a few of those and then that's that's when um i think started turning a couple of heads and and starting to uh try some other bikes and some mm. other companies that were trying to you know help out and stuff so trying to bro you out yeah that's right yeah <laughs> so seems, seems like everybody uh it's like goes to fontana when they start racing like it doesn't matter if it's cross country super d enduro whatever downhill yeah. like everybody starts you know socal wise everybody starts in fontana because you know don has been doing it for 20 some years you know yeah. so it's, it's the only a, it's the only race series around and in, in, in the winter uh, yeah in the winter time and it's it's a great race series and and there's been so many people that have come out of there you know myself jd swing and brad oyen um aaron gwynn sean palmer mm-hmm. you know, all these guys that have uh, started there and bruce bruce yeah i mean there's a huge list now there's this whole second wave of of youngsters, youngsters yeah usa is back We're yeah back baby you know, and it's like, it seems like the Europeans always like, you know, like, eh, these Americans don't know anything about racing or downhill or bikes, whatever. You know what I mean? Because I think bi- bikes originated in Europe, right? If I'm not mistaken, I yeah. don't know. I think the Uncle downhill B? racing. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say China. When in doubt, China. China. Yeah. China. Fireworks, right? yeah, spaghetti. Gun, spaghetti, yeah, uh, gunpowder, yeah. yeah, pizza, or I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. When in doubt, Chinese. Yeah. Can't go wrong. We, we need a new Hill Hauser, dude. That's what we need. Look over here. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you have these, you know, Europeans that, you know, they think they're the best, right? You know, these guys think they're the best, but, you know, you have you, you, yourself, Aaron Gwen, you know, the, all these Americans that go out there and Richie Rude for, for, you know, for Enduro and, you know, shows them what's up, you know what I mean? And, you know, those guys have probably a better chance of winning because they're used to riding different conditions, right? Mud, you know, all that other stuff compared totally. to, to us, you know what I mean? Like, when it rains, the trails get shut down. Like, you guys can't go out on the trails, you know yeah. what I mean? And if you want to do, do that kind of stuff, you have to travel, like, Washington, you know, up north somewhere where that's what they they have where you can ride. Yeah. It. But down here in SoCal, I mean, Eric Wynn, dude, like he's used to riding loose stuff, loose over hard pack. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he rides. But you know, he does so well in these other conditions out there, and you know, all over the world racing and and you know at that level. It's a testament to the talent pool we have in in Southern California. You know, you you ride dry sand all the time, and then you have these guys like Bruce who go overseas and they can kill it over there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a big question mark compared to the Europeans who ride this all the time. And and Bruce is smoking them. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, where where does Bruce get his experience and time on that bike? Where does Kevin get his experience and time riding mud and wet roots? You don't. You figure it out, <laughs> you know, while you're practicing. Fake it till you make it. I've been right. saying it for years. No, but, you go skimboarding. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> There's the cross thing. That's where it comes in. But you know, we we have the luxury of, of riding almost every day of the year. You know what I mean? So yep, you know, correct. you know. Well, other people in the world, you know, they have certain seasons, you know, which kind of sucks for us. We don't have the seasons, but we can ride, you know, pretty much year round, which yep. is an advantage for us, you know, and, uh, you know, continue to train um, yep. for the next That's season. why these guys are showing up, you know, mm-hmm. every off season. You've got, you know, half of the top 30 or 40 dudes that are out here renting a house or staying with, uh, you know, another friend. and Low key, and you, right? Yeah. These guys are all low key. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you see them show up to the races next year. And uh, look at Greg Williamson. You know, he's the British national champion. Talk about, I mean, that's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. 
and uh yeah he makes an effort every year to come out here and just just hang out uh he's, he usually stays with charlie harrison right here in rsm and mm-hmm. you know and and gets the gets the whole year to ride and and uh yeah the, the dudes that spend the time staying on their bike and getting comfortable and and uh tweaking yeah. playing with stuff and which is this is, it's important right for for especially when you're when you're at that at pro level to to always have time to 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 tune, tweak, adjust stuff, you know what I mean? Because yep. you just can't you just can't have a bike off the at the showroom and try to go out there and win races, you know what I mean? Like No, I've always said that it, it takes me personally at least a full season to feel comfortable on a bike. And you see these guys that stay on the same bike for year after year, guys like uh, you know, on Santa Cruz Syndicate. Greg. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they they barely ever switch anything. They're they switch, you know bar height by five millimeters mm-hmm. and uh you know tire pressure and, and fork pressure by you know one or two psi they don't change anything they're so at home it's just an extension of their body you know mm-hmm. and that's that's, that's a trip dude that's yeah. a trip yep. you know for that for you for you to say that it's an extension of your body's like <laughs> at that level it's like you have to be like that you know what i mean like you're yeah. you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're like one you're right yeah. well you also <laughs> got you also got to think about your physical ability too yeah. there's got to be at that at that level there's a sense of training that lesser levels don't even do like you've got to have a training program i imagine right oh yeah absolutely and i had none of that skim <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's that's actually a real thing you know i i think it absolutely helps me and and there's a lot of other stuff too you know riding a dirt bike going uh, high speeds and getting your peripheral vision and your reaction time up and things like that you know like if you go to race something like mount st Anne, which is a super high speed track you ride that for uh, four days in a row when you're all focused and, you know, putting the effort in and you come home and you're going, you know, significantly faster than you were before you left. Yeah. And you can't even feel it, mm-hmm. but you're just yes. leaving your friends in the dust. It's, it's incredible how much that stuff helps. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we went up to Aston, Oregon, uh, for the last race of the California Enduro series. And we we're talking about that, how when you're, when you're racing, like you're, you're always getting better, you know? And then when you stop racing, you kind of like lose that edge, you know what I mean? Because, yep. You just don't have like you wouldn't hit that stuff on a regular, you know. You would like, ah, eh, you know what? I'm, I don't, I don't need to do that. But if, when you're racing, like, like I know you were up at China Peak, Kevin, and, and you know, what did, what did, what did you think about stage five? I mean, that was a pretty yeah. loose, uh. steep, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty new trail. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it wasn't, it's, it was a trail that's been there for years, but they just brought it back, you know, yeah. for that race. So. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, that's stuff that trail bikes are not supposed to be ridden on, and uh, especially not <laughs> raced on. And, and you got to show every time you sat on that that chairlift and went up, you're watching dudes just cartwheeling down the hill. Oh yeah, bikes just you know snapping three thousand dollar wheels in half. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. <laughs> but I think I think that's the coolest part about enduro is is putting those bikes into situations that they they shouldn't necessarily be in, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's progressing the bikes a lot. You know, oh, they're talking sure. about, are we going to have downhill bikes in a few years? And the answer to that is absolutely we are. <laughs> downhill <laughs> bikes are going nowhere. But, <laughs> you know, these, these trail bikes are, are really capable. And, and it's cool because the average Joe is, is uh, it's trickling down. And, and you can go to a bike shop and you can get a bike now that, you know, five, ten years ago, only a factory dude could have something that felt mm-hmm. that good or mm-hmm. was that capable. So right. that's, that's right. part of the benefit for sure. Right. But, you know, going back to my question about the – like like stage five, like if you went up to China Peak to go ride, a lot of guys wouldn't wouldn't necessarily go do that. You know what I mean? No. So like racing pushes your limits, you know, and it makes you a better rider. So like you said, when you get back home, you're like, this is nothing. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. this is like you're smoking your buddies because you have that confidence. You have that, I don't know, I 
to to just plow through that stuff and you know like dude i just i did some shit you know gnarlier than this you know um at a race so this is like nothing yeah and you'll realize you'll get thrown into these situations like that stage five super steep you know big old deep ruts and off-camera sections and you'll get thrown into these situations where you have no idea what to do but there's no option i mean you can jump off your bike and absolutely for sure get hurt or you can try to ride it out and all mm-hmm. of a sudden the second that you trust yourself and you just throw yourself into this shitstorm of a track you, you end up pulling off stuff that you never knew you could do mm-hmm. and then you come back and you're like that's that's how you do it you know i did i did know how to do that i just didn't think i did and that's that's Let's really put cool. an asterisk on that though that's kevin iello saying that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, joe blow can't can't do that same thing and just uh, open it up into a, a sketchy trail and expect the same outcome yeah i think if you, if you put the time in if you put the time in you know and and you're you're confident and uh you know you follow faster guys than you you know down this stuff and you know maybe that you just channel that their your inner courage or something you know like oh you know what he yeah. can do it I, I can do it and yeah. it takes time you know over time you know you're, you're not going to be a super fast dude you know just from one day to another you know it, it takes time right i mean kevin totally. what do you think oh absolutely i mean it's it's a constant struggle you know you got to be on your bike all the time always pushing it and you know sometimes i'll just go ride by myself for a little bit and i don't realize that i'm you know i'm doing something wrong or slow you know and then you get behind someone that's you know showing you what you're doing wrong and all of a sudden you're like well that was that's pretty interesting you know mm-hmm. and yeah you, you just you just always got to be pushing it and uh, staying on your bike and being open because you know sometimes you know you get stubborn you feel like you're riding you're riding fast you don't want to fall anyone and and then next thing you know you're uh off the pace mm-hmm. so when, when you're train train riding um are you riding by yourself or are you you're riding with a bunch of buddies what do you, what's your what's your What's your um, secret to, to, to getting ready for these races? Unfortunately, if you give- all my friends have jobs, <laughs> and that kind of sucks because it was cool when everyone was in college or doing whatever, you know, after high school. And uh, so, yeah, it's tough. You know, sometimes I will go ride by myself, but uh, I'm definitely not pushing it to the point where I'm risking uh, getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, as much as I can, I'm trying to get out with friends and especially uh, fast ones. And, and that's that's my favorite thing is just getting out. And even if you're on a trail ride, like, you're almost sessioning a trail and you know we'll stop and hike back up a section and be like whoa you know we just tried this and that was cool or let me follow you through that because you're fast in this kind of terrain and Mm -hmm. you know i even did that today with uh like an 18 year old kid you know all of a sudden i found on one trail this kid is like incredibly fast you know so i just you know we'd hike back up and and just say let me follow you down and and you see stuff that you wouldn't normally see so Mm -hmm. yeah that's my favorite thing is getting out with buddies yeah What's uh what's your what's your train like like what, what you know when when the, when your season's the last race is done I mean do you take a break uh, from racing like you like you know put the bike away and I'll come back to it a little bit later or like are you like back to uh, I, to I training again bikes. Yeah what I realized you know during my injury is I, I didn't know if I was going to come back I didn't know what was going on it just kept getting worse and worse you know uh, over time so that was kind of weird but you know at the end of it I realized that um I like bikes more than anything. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, I do a bunch of other things. You know, I love skimboarding. I love riding dirt bikes, whatever. But um, I love riding bikes. So, no, I don't really ever hang it up. I mean, um, you know, it'll be less intense. Obviously, I kind of have a schedule. You know, guys like Eric Carter will help me out with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's never anything serious. I can't, I can't write something down on paper and be like, this is what you're doing Monday. This is what you're doing Tuesday. You know, I can't do that it's it's whatever i enjoy but um, okay it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck sometimes it sucks <laughs> <laughs> especially leading up to the season and and uh 
races like Fontana, you know, we would, we would go back and forth like myself and Logan Bingley, we'd go back and forth and we would just, uh, one, two, every single race for a whole season. And we would be within a second of each other. And, but we knew that we were pushing our bodies to the limit and we would basically throw up after every single race run. And, you know, so it's, yeah, you get to a point where you're pushing it, you, mm-hmm. you know, but you want to see where you're at and where where you can go to and and maybe what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, it never let's really ba- stops. Let's back up a little bit. So you were you were picked up by GT. Yeah, GT. Uh, well, my first my first real sponsor, I guess, um, was Yeti. Uh, Rich Houseman had picked up myself and Aaron Gwynn for a uh, Southern California satellite team, is what they called it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we did we did a bunch of stuff. I think they still had Mountain States Cups. I don't know what they called them, but Yeti has their own series. Is that what it was? Mm. Yeah. Um, so we would go do some of those. We would do some of the um, whatever they called the Pro GRT, our, our USA National Series. We'd do mm-hmm. some of those. But um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> T- talking about uh, uh, GT. Oh, yeah. So I started, <laughs> I started on that team. and started that was, yeah, that was that was the Glory first days. real, yeah, <laughs> the best man. That was the first real sponsor I had. Um, but it was basically, here's two bikes, go figure it out. You mm-hmm. know? So that was kind of, you know, it was a sponsor. But then uh, the year after that, yeah, I got picked up by GT Factory Racing, and that was a World Cup ride. That was a proper sponsor. And uh, yeah, from there, I did uh, two years on GT, and then. Um, and then got on to KHS for six years after that. KHS for six years? Yep. Um, how did that go? It was cool. I mean, uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, I didn't have a bunch of support from Yeti when I was at the races. You know, they had their factory team, and they were focused on that, you know, which that's just how it goes. You know, I'm, what, I'm the what, Grom. Yeah, what, what don't you think that like, if you are if you have like, these guys that are just coming up the ranks, like, wouldn't you, like, try to invest a little bit of time in them? You know what I mean? Before, you know, like you're like instead of just like, yeah, you know what? We'll just pick them up, whatever, and you know, that's yeah. what I would think. You know, Absolutely. like all, all kinds of motorsports. You know, you, you know, that's kind of the future of of the team or of the company or what of the brand, whatever. Like you want to you want to put a little bit of time into them yeah. to see where they're at. You know what I mean? Like yeah. develop them. You know yeah. what I mean? I think they had so many riders at the time that were coming out of Colorado, and uh, they definitely had a little bias towards people from Colorado, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, I think Aaron was getting a little better support. He was, he was racing pro at the time, you know, and I was just racing juniors. Um, but then he blew up, you know, and the second that he got a top 10 or whatever at a world cup, uh, they don't have a choice, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to put their time and effort into him. But, um, you know, like, like rich, uh, rich was kind of the in-between guy between me and Yeti and he would do his best you know he would take tires out of his personal stack mm-hmm. for me and he would he would take gear out of his personal stack for me and things like that so we did have uh we did have a good thing but uh once GT approached me um that was a real a real sponsor legitimate and, you know, a paying contract and things like that so they didn't uh they didn't really think twice they said we got Aaron and you know have fun mm-hmm. but, but yeah it was it was cool um absolutely different program on every single team that i've ridden for um has, has it gotten better from from team to, to from brand to brand team to team i mean has it gotten better or is it kind of like up and down kind of a kind uh, of a wave i think it's gotten better for sure i mean um gt was more of a you know by the book sort of uh corporate 
brand. They're a big team, company, you know. So yeah. there was, yeah, it was, it was. Uh, that was kind of weird for me. That was hard, you know. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't like to train. I didn't like, you know. I didn't you like did to you? Train. Yeah, I just wanted <laughs> to. Yeah, I wanted to go ride my bike and get hammered with my friends on the weekend and <laughs> Damn talk about. Right. You know what I mean? Talk Damn about. right. Speaking of <laughs> yeah. speaking of which, yeah, oh, boy, that boy, oh, pour it on me. <laughs> Um, Just don't punch me in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, BL, yeah. that was for you, buddy. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> but, yeah, each and every team was uh, totally different, you know. Like, GT was really by the book, and it was a, it was a corporate, you know, funded team. And, mm-hmm. um, and then KHS was, uh, you know, they had been friends from before then. They, they would help me out when Yeti wasn't uh, really helping me out very much. They would let me, you know stay on their floor they would help me with the bikes you know they would supply you know a tire and a tube if something went wrong mm-hmm. um so mechanical they, help as well right? yeah okay. yeah and they did that to a, a lot of riders you know? okay. they were kind of known for that they were uh, they were super generous and and really cool people so after my gt contract was up um you know that that was another thing with the with the corporate brand is there's such a, a disconnect from corporate to the team mm-hmm. they don't know the athletes they don't know their backgrounds. They don't know what kind of influence they have. Just number. Just numbers, yeah. So they uh, they kind of switch their thing every year. They have really no idea what's going on, you know, except let's send a check here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting on to um, getting on to KHS after that was really cool because I was hanging out with those guys anyways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so it was really an easy transition friends. then. Yeah, it was it was easy because I was with them either way, you know. I would mm-hmm. I would go stay with them and whatever do everything with them um but that team was obviously a totally different story you know they were you, you do whatever you want they were known for for just having riders that were you know mid mid pack in pro they weren't really paying anyone but everyone got you know a ride to the race entry food all that stuff covered and uh they would just party down you know it was so they're the party team oh yeah absolutely <laughs> But, uh, yeah. yeah, they had a bunch of riders big, on there. Well, I'll join. You're fired. Yeah, I think things have changed a little bit. I don't think they're really the uh, is great. the party team. You know, looking from the outside in, though, you think a company like GT, bigger, more co- corporate, would give the support to the riders, you know. But that second year for Kevin, like, he was he was doing stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff on his own. Went to a, another big corporate team, KHS, sure. Not like GT, though. Uh, but had way more support, and I think that's a, that's a key for it's a lot huge. of those riders. Yeah, huge. yeah, totally. Yeah. So we, uh, it was obviously every single team. It's it's uh, it's a process to learn. You know what you have, what you need to do, how you need to act, whatever. Um, with those guys, it was more like hanging out with friends or family. So um, we didn't necessarily have a mechanic anywhere we went, but we had to learn how to work on our own bikes you know sometimes Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have a sponsor for one thing so it was like all right well we're going to take some tires and we're going to go trade those and you know go to the bike shop and go trade um, deals yeah go bargain some parts you know so (laughs) that was kind of the beginning of it but as uh, myself and logan started popping up results um we kind of took it into our own hands to um start training and you know Take, take it, take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, nobody, okay. nobody at Fontana would show up with a wind trainer. You know, it was just myself and Logan, and we would be on the wind trainer. We'd be there, you know, Thursday afternoon, you know, taking it real serious, and because we had, uh, we had everything we needed. You know, mm-hmm. they they paid us enough that we didn't have to get jobs, and we could fully focus on it. So that I think that 
kind of turned the whole program in a different direction for those guys. So they, they cut everyone off the program except for myself and Logan. And um, we just stayed focused. And, and me and him were good friends. We'd bounce back and forth between Utah and California. So we would, uh, you know, we'd train together and uh, just constantly change our programs and keep keep getting better and better and stronger and faster. And um, and then they started seeing the results, so they started putting money into the program and, you know, getting so, us whatever we needed. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool to see that change. So the, the money came from KHS from, from corporate or something? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, I think we were able to go get, like, shoes, helmet, and eyewear, but everything else was um, everything else was done by KHS, you know, okay. suspension. Because they would work in their – you know their uh their spec on their production bikes and things mm-hmm. like that with sponsors so we were totally had nothing to do with that but they gave us everything that we needed so so you guys you guys had pretty much production bikes that you guys were racing or, or did you can you guys like swap components out and um um no our you know sometimes it would work out where the production bikes were were the same as our sponsors but um for the most part we had all our team sponsors and those were different than um than the production as well as our frames you know our frames were nowhere near production they were mm-hmm. all prototypes uh bigger sizes uh different linkage you know some of them you couldn't sell in the u.s because they had uh you know they were infringing on certain patents or this or that which is how it goes and i think that's super cool you know because that's how you that's how you learn um you know what's what's the best uh what's the best setup for for production because mm-hmm. the average joe can you know like we we're talking about the average joe can go into a bike shop and get something that a few years ago only factory guys could get right and we started seeing that on khs where we had all that you know prototype stuff and this and that and then towards the end of that six years it was like wow we're getting beat by these guys that are getting stuff in the bike shop because these production bikes are now incredible you know Mm -hmm. they're carbon they're super stiff they're light to the right size suspension and tires are just getting you know really really dialed in so what was was interesting was it a challenge when you when you guys are like getting prototype stuff because it's like one-off stuff. Like you don't know it's gonna work. Like here, here you go, Kevin. Like try this out for the yeah, race. You know what I mean? And, totally. and you're and you're you're trying to get results. And you know, and then they put you on a bike that you know is not really untested. Untested, yeah. It's an untested yeah. bike, so yeah. you're kind of like the te- test them. You know what I mean? Which kind of yeah. sucks in a way, right? Yeah. Some of the stuff was uh, was way better than than stock, and you know, it was a huge help to have. But yeah, like you said, other stuff. You know, we'd break stuff all the time. Um, and like for people that don't know, bikes break all the time you know what i mean like it's, it might be rare to see a production bike break but that doesn't mean that they went they didn't go through uh you know 20 versions before that and snap every single one of them yeah you know that's part of it so we did have to deal with some of that but um the hardest thing for me was um dealing with asia because you know i would tell them the numbers that i wanted and they were like you're absolutely nuts like that won't work we don't have tubes that big we don't have jigs that big so even our extra large prototype bikes that were bigger than anything that someone else could get uh were still way too small so you know then it it started going to the point where i would race a trail bike with a downhill fork on it Mm. things like that that's been my biggest struggle for sure um in my racing career so you you think that's kind of set you back a little bit because you're kind of already at a disadvantage from the get-go because you know we're talking about you being one with the bike you know well yeah your your other part of your of your body is an extension not, an extension yeah. of your body is yeah. not really where you want it to be yeah so i would be switching back and forth you know i'd be riding a, a six inch travel bike with a downhill fork and then i would break you know my two or three wheels i brought for that bike and then i'd have no backup so then i'd be going to you know back to my downhill bike that was too small i wasn't comfortable on it 
and it, it got to a point where it was just kind of a joke, you know, and, and it was just so hard to compete. Um, I had I had one bike that I raced, I think, for maybe three years, and that's that's the bike that I won uh, the overall U.S. title on uh, just because it was just barely big enough. Um, suspension didn't work, like, incredible, but, you know, that's that's part of it. So, um yeah, it's it's it can uh, it can be really beneficial and it can also uh, can also be a pain. So, mm-hmm. um, so six years with KHS. Now you got your own program. What do you got going on now? Yeah, so I uh, I injured myself at a Fontana race um, January of 2016, um, and I think I broke I broke my I don't know my elbow and. Uh, I ended up uh, 2016, yeah. 2016, yeah. Fontana. Fontana, yep. Just did a big over the bars. Um, I saw that video. Pretty gnarly. Yes. And, <laughs> and, I was so like, oh, uh, shit. Yeah. And, and what it really was, I, I, it. I, I put a different part on my bike. I put a different shock on there that was valve totally different. Oh. And I had been doing this little jump uh, the whole time, you know, with my other shock, and, and uh, it was way faster. No one else was doing it. I was stoked on it. So I came in, and I was, you know, extra cautious um but it just kicked me rode the front end for a long time and then uh front end fell into a hole and pretty much just just like i was diving into a pool but put my hands out uh busted my elbow and it wasn't end of the world you know it was it was messed up but uh i ended up trying to ride like a month later with uh with a big old brace on went out to laguna and it was maybe 30 seconds into my first run back um once again I put on a prototype tire that I uh, thought was, you know, a big 2.8 downhill tire, but they don't have the specs printed on the side because it's a prototype. So that tire was uh, was a harder compound, and it was it was basically like riding on a plastic tire, you know. Mm. And so the front end pushed, and I was doing probably 25 miles an hour or so, and um, I held my my broken arm up out of the way and kind of steered steered myself with my shoulder and, and my helmet and. Uh, I went through some some little rain ruts on um, you know one of the trails in Laguna and mm-hmm. it just uh, it hit my shoulder my my opposite shoulder a few times and ended up uh, breaking my uh, shoulder blade right oh, in the middle geez, and dude. a couple other bones wow. so from bad to worse oh yeah and that's all that's all because I wasn't on something that I you know tried and true yeah I wasn't used to it it was all new stuff and uh, just that one little thing you know it, it bites you so that's a great lesson that i've learned because this has been a you know a hell of a process coming back from those injuries so um yeah i'm a lot more cautious with what i put on my bike and and switching stuff around you know people kind of you know talk shit to me all the time because i'm I'm always changing stuff on my bike you know because they're they're never the right size Mm -hmm. like like you said we're just going through all sorts of different options whatever i can get to work um but yeah it's it's uh, it's a totally different mindset coming into a race now or getting on a new bike so that was part of the uh part of the part of the deal with with hyper um was that eric carter said you know i'm not even going to sign you unless i can make sure that i'm going to get you custom bikes Mm -hmm. luckily eric carter is you know i mean he's a legend he's he's got so many titles and he's raised so much and uh so that was world champion he's got some pull he's got some pull yeah yeah dude's an animal so but he understands you know and he's seen me struggle with that stuff so he he made a point to say we're not even going to sign you unless we can build these bikes exactly how you want and uh it took a while but yeah they they ended up getting bikes that uh that fit perfect you know i was i was kind of guessing but i had a really good idea of what i wanted and mm-hmm. 
and they ended up making them and it's like it's incredible it's incredible how much uh, of a benefit it is to have something that fits and uh the only thing that that sucks is once again timing i've only got i got it you know halfway through this season and getting on that thing so late um that was you know i'm still learning how to ride it mm-hmm. it's incredible but yeah, we, we, we talked about we talked about it. it you know it takes you a while to to get used to something you know because yeah. you, like you said you, you're constantly changing stuff around tweaking around because you gotta it's an extension of your body you know yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta fit perfectly yeah. when, when you go when you go to a new bike do you change like back to your settings like your stem length your bar le- width like or like yeah. a baseline yeah, yeah. do you, yeah. you set a baseline or do you just yeah. kind of like no i absolutely I, I totally do i mean i uh i went to aaron gwynn's house one time and we were just hanging out i think we we're gonna ride the following morning or something like that and I remember he was just switching from Yeti to Trek, and he had all his bikes, you know, his race bikes lined up against the uh, against the wall, and he was just he just kept measuring over and over how high the bars were from the ground. Oh, and uh, I didn't really think of it at the time, but then I then I realized that yeah, you have to have a baseline because you can spend so much more time, and sometimes you'll you'll move your bars five millimeters and be like, wow, that was night and day. That's what I've been struggling with for the past two months or something like that. So, yeah, I've I've got a baseline for for everything on a new bike and then um but it's still a process you know it's like just like muscle memory or something you know it takes Mm -hmm. so long to get to the point where you you know exactly every you know the 3d space of yourself and the bike and what it's going to do so still uh still working on that you know it was a bit of a struggle i wanted to get back on the bike and just go you know crush everything but then reality hits and you're like i've got a lot of work (laughs) to do here so yeah um, but yeah, I'm having fun on, on bikes that fit. It is incredible, but yeah, it's <laughs> what, just, what a difference. Yeah. You <laughs> don't just, say take time and, uh, keep riding and having fun, but that's the plan right now. Right on. Well, Hey guys, if you guys are listening in, which is big Lou to be on the bike and we got Kevin, a yellow. If you guys have any questions, send them in, uh, hit, hit 21 radio, uh, online and, uh, submit your questions and he'll answer them no matter how crazy they are. Hit me. What did, what, <laughs> Lou, what did I say? This is a family show. Right. We'll, we'll try to filter it. Yeah, we'll try our best. Yeah. All right. So, Kevin, so you, you've been you've been traveling all over the world, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's been different every year, but, yeah, all, all over the place. What's uh, what's the best place you've, you've raced at that's like, like, man, that was, like, the best race or the best, like, you would go trails. back there to yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah, like, I'll definitely go back here. Yeah, that's that's a really tough one because every single place that we go has been so cool. And, like, probably just about every single place we go, we've met local people that are, like, so freaking nice. And you end up staying in their house and, like, meeting their family and going around town. And, you know. They Marrying their daughter. <laughs> you never know. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I would have to say that Val de Sol uh, Italy is my favorite wow. uh, race venue. We just met a family there that's so cool, and uh, I love the track as well. It's just it's nothing like home, but it's got that steepness to the you know to the point where you're almost rolling up on a section and you have a, a split second to kind of look at it and then drop in, and it's just super technical. It's a whole different kind of riding. You're you know you'll see you'll see everyone. That's where probably they change their bike more than any other race because they're just taking different forces stuff that they don't mm-hmm. normally you know, following a bomb hole from like eight feet up or something Damn. like that. So that's, Jeez. that's gotta be my favorite race for sure. Okay. I've never really crushed it. I had one run going where I thought I was, uh, you know, going to get that elusive top 20, but, uh, <laughs> got like 90% of the way down and then, uh, missed this little line that I had that I thought was all creative. No one else was doing it. And it was just a little tire width 
ledge that went out and was tired and missed it and uh threw that one away but that's Damn. that's for sure my favorite place it's yeah. beautiful that's what it comes down to right like, yeah really? yeah and Jeez. that's that's part of it too is you know like like eric carter another thing that he's pointed out uh you know thank god for that guy that he's kept an eye on me because like we'll do a track walk and he's like he'll tell me like you suck at this man you damn you uh <laughs> you're not realistic with what you're looking at you, know, mm-hmm. you think you're gonna jump from this little rock and you know go 30 feet over there and land on that little rock and then jump from you know it's i'm not realistic so i kind of changed my um changed my mentality going into it and uh just I, I almost went to like the safest line the safest route you can go and then just execute it you know mm-hmm. if you go to the gym and get like a personal trainer they'll tell you it's, it's not how much weight you're lifting it's you know it's technique it's, or what it's technique it's form like if you do it right it's way more beneficial than lifting a bunch of weight mm-hmm. the wrong way you know and it's the same thing it, it carries over to that so mm-hmm. quality uh, over quantity yeah exactly you know so it's and that's what's so cool about the sport is you're constantly learning you know i've been doing this for 10 years and like i haven't even scratched the surface mm-hmm I wish I, I wish I'd be a little further ahead, you know, but you see guys like Aaron Gwynn and, and those guys, well, he's, he's an alien for sure. He's not human, but he, he, uh, yeah, he, he got that, that learning curve down pretty quick, you know, but, uh, it's so cool. Cause he's never, he's never just going to say like, yep, this is what I'm doing. I said it, I'm not changing anything. Like he's, he's constantly tweaking his program as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's nonstop learning. So that's why it's, it's cool. It's always a pursuit, you know? Mm-hmm. What uh, uh so what's your best result like in the World Cup ranks? Because I I I've, I've seen like there's like a hundred racers dude like a hundred pro racers out in these races dude it's well, it's insane they'll, they'll dude be, they'll have sometimes four or five hundred uh, people show up that have enough points to to attempt to qualify and then they qualify in the top eighty I think it's still eighty that's insane um, dude that's yeah. insane so it's it's really tough and like you can go to uh, you know, so you go to Valdezola. It's like there's there's guys there that ride that hill every single day, and they don't uh, they don't ride anywhere else. You know, if they were to come to uh, Southern California, they would look like an idiot, like know? a hack. Yeah, but they're they're top twenty speed because they understand that terrain and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. But, well, Europe Europe is is pretty wild too because you race a Canadian World Cup and and you can uh, you can crash and get into the top eighty qualifying, but you go to Europe and you got those four hundred guys there right. who all live you know they live a country over, but hey it only takes four hours to drive to this mountain. That's insane. <laughs> so they, you got you got those guys that ride there uh, multiple times in a month and uh, they're all fast. And you show up. You've been riding dry sand, and you show up into your wet roots now. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. Figure it out. You mm-hmm. know? And not only do you have to figure it out in two or three days, but you have to figure it out to the guy's capacity, the level that they're riding at all the time. But how do you get there? I mean, if you're, if you're like, you know, you get in there, you get a little bit of jet lag, you know, you're trying to get your bike all squared away because it's all disassembled, right? So you're, you know, I mean, how much time, you know, for a regular pro rider that's going to go to Europe, how much time do they need to to get that track down? Oh God, that that goes into your your quote unquote program again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it varies for everybody. Varies for every bike. You know, do you have a mechanic? Do you not have a mechanic? Do you get there days before? Do you know? You know the, the little things that Kevin alluded to before was, um, you know, like where where do you go get food at? You know, my first time in Italy, I ended up eating you know this local pizza place breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
because it's like shit. I, I don't know where else to go. I <laughs> found something I liked in this weird. You don't want to get sick. That, hey, yeah, yeah, keep it safe. Was it good? Was it, it was good? great. Yeah, <laughs> I say it as I'm complaining. But, yeah. <laughs> but those are those things where you go to the you go to the track and and Greg and and uh, uh, Sam, Aaron, they all know exactly where they're going to go eat they know where their laundry gets done they mm-hmm. know what time they need to go to bed because they've worked with uh the, the same race schedule before so they can optimize everything and mm-hmm. without that you you fall into a little bit of a uh a figure it out yourself and you get stressed and you got so all these variables. other things that compound on top of it mm-hmm. and again they're they're really small minute things that the average person probably doesn't think about mm-hmm. but that's that's where the struggle starts and then you go back to what I was just saying. You got to figure that course out and and ride <laughs> yeah. uh, as fast as you've ever ridden before. Yeah. And some people, you know, some people get super nervous when you're at a World Cup. You know, I did for the first year. I was, uh, I would freak out. You know, like sometimes I would just almost let go of the handlebars because you're so, you know, where where your head's at is pretty important. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're you're so weak and shaky that, you know, you just pretty much toss it, and that's what happens with so many kids that go over there. And then there's, you know, there's other kids, you know, like uh, Charlie Harrison or Bruce Klein, you know, just for an example of a, a recent result uh, or season. Those kids do really well with that pressure, you know, and it shows because they're they're going top 20 speed. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Some people don't understand how fast that is, but like there's a lot of really talented people out there on bikes and, and to show up with all those variables in a different kind of, you know whole different world pretty much is, mm-hmm. and, and perform like that is that's incredible yeah because i mean you know you have you have other factors that other people don't have to deal with you know the jet lag you know getting used to the food and you know time you know your, your different time schedule and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah. you have all those like we we're talking about those factors are you know those play a big role into to how you might you might do uh, in a race totally there's endless variables of, of things that can go wrong and and that's that, that goes back to me saying if you don't have everything lined up, if you're not going in there with your head saying like, I have everything that I need, uh, don't show up because it's, it's going to just kick you in the balls and you're going to realize that like, man, that sucked. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. And for, for a while after my first season racing world cups, I kind of had everything I needed, you know, but at the same time, wrong bike, wrong tires, this and that. But, uh, if, if you don't have all that stuff and you're not confident, it's a waste of time. And then on top of that, you go home and you're like, you do, all you're thinking about is how, how much you suck. Mm. I mean, so like, <laughs> yeah. I had to completely relearn how to ride a bike because I just got kicked in the balls over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the long run, it was a great thing. It, it helped me tremendously. But, you know, for someone that's, that's trying, like you said, maybe you should have stayed at home for another year and worked into that or maybe done a couple. So, yeah, that, all that stuff's really important, you know. Mm-hmm. But, the, but that, that struggle creates the good foundation. Yeah, and then absolutely. and then you build off that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- without that struggle, you wait you wait that other year. You're just gonna get kicked in the balls the year after. You're, yeah. you're not gonna right. you're yeah. not gonna pull you know again the alien Aaron Gwynn story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's <laughs> nice we all dream of that, but uh, I push everybody. Yeah, please please pursue that. Try to convince yourself of that. But the reality is, there's there's one of those guys. You mm-hmm. know, and, and the wild thing is, is oftentimes too, you don't get to go home and evaluate. You pack up Sunday night, you're on the road Monday morning, and you're doing it all over Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. You know, here we go again. Brad, why, why don't you go me. ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and uh, 
the crazy life that you lived for I don't know how many years did you do the endless summer <laughs> yeah yeah the, uh, <laughs> the endless summer so yeah I was uh 18 before I uh graduated high school or the last required day of high school went and lived in, in Colorado for a little bit did, did a racing all that summer uh in November packed everything up went to Australia and uh raced over there for six months with with the idea of of I want to go get kicked in the pants mm-hmm. you know i, I want to get my ass kicked that's when sam was on top uh bryn nathan rennie was was still on top but you know he's maybe getting a little older but th- that's where the talent was so mm-hmm. I went, man i'm gonna go over there and sure enough uh, kevin um while we were talking before alluded to it a little bit is the the american kids and the the mm. jealousy that kind of <laughs> comes from the australians <laughs> the uk guys yeah. Um, and, and they're right. I think they're, they're right to have that jealousy. I mean, Kevin deserves his shot, and Charlie, Bruce, they all deserve their shot, definitely. But there's 14-, 15-year-old kids in Australia that, that will destroy our Junior X class. Mm-hmm. And, and they're riding on a 3-year-old bike with uh, clapped-out tires and a suspension that tops out front and rear. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So, um, yeah, I went over there and got a – I remember – putting down these smoking runs man like top 10 runs in the in the the nationals there and getting beat by troy brosnan when he like came up to my hips you know and it's going oh my god who's this guy Mm -hmm. sure enough you know watch him more and more and more and and now look at him so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of those stories i was lucky to see some of those guys come up and and be able to watch him before anybody else knew him uh then came back, you know, raced the National Series, went over there again, raced our National Series, went over there again. So I did a, a three- or four-year endless summer thing. And Damn. It was the, uh, I mean, one of the best times of my life, definitely. But my, my progression on the bike just went up and up and up and up. And at the same time, maybe burned me out a little bit, though, too. Yeah, you uh, know, I was traveling. That's, that's, that's a trip because, uh, you know, I think sometimes people get burned out because they just get, you know, they get pushed, you know, they're they're at, you know, these levels where there's a lot of pressure, and there's a point where riding a bike is not fun anymore, you know, not so, what it used to be. <laughs> that, I'm I'm happy you hit that, actually, because, I mean, that's maybe the more depressing part of this interview. Uh, I like keeping it happy, but but riding got to a point, and it's it's cool to hear Kev say, hey, I still love my bike. I get, get done with the season, and I call him up, and we're riding the Monday after his race. Mm-hmm. It's great to see that. But it did get to a point for me where it was it was a job. I remember setting up photo shoots with, like, uh, Sven, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, man, Sven's going to shoot us. we got to perform today. Well, it's 6.30 in the morning, and we're hitting a 50-foot jump. Oh, geez. It's like, I don't want to do this. He's <laughs> no yelling shit, at us, go, 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 the lighting's great right now, you know, and it's oh, like, shit, okay, man, I'm still hungover from last night. <laughs> right. Can't see straight, uh, you know, and – Let's take 20. <laughs> and that, that stuff was, was hard, and it, it did take the fun out of it. And uh, riding for me on, on the most kind of spiritual uh, best level there is for riding is you, as soon as you put your hands on those handlebars, all your stresses of life, mm. whether you got kids, wife, family issues, job issues, um, any plethora of issues, all that stuff goes away. Amen I think to we that, can all man. relate to yeah, that. I don't sure. care if you're riding a freaking tricycle yes. or World Cup downhill. You, you can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Preach, uh, brother. Yeah. When, yeah. when, when <laughs> that was um, was threatened for me, I, I pulled myself right out. I was going, this this ain't fun anymore. I'm, I'm quitting. It was mm-hmm. an easy decision for me, actually. Uh, but 
you know, that that scare, you know, led me to, to other things I'm doing now, which is, is cool. It's, ain't no, ain't no, you know, bike racing. What are you but, going on now? Well, went to school, did the, did the typical kind of college thing, you know, and, and working in construction now. And, uh, uh, it's, a, it's another challenge. I get kicked in the pants every day, you know, but Hey, <laughs> it, I'm building my foundation right now mm-hmm. and, um, I'm having a good time at it. So awesome. it's, yeah, it's, it's just a job, you know, but, um, quitter. I, uh, <laughs> I, I still, wow. I, I try not to be someone who, who defines himself too much by their work. Um, instead would rather define myself with like the bikes. You mm-hmm. know? Who's Brad? He's not the guy that works in construction. He's the cool bike rider. Mm-hmm. You know? like, so, yeah, yeah. You uh, work to live, not live to work. Exactly. So I'd, I'd rather keep it like that. And, um, but the, those, the, the bike riding's always been a part of my life, always will be. And when that was threatened, it, it was, uh, easy quick decision of like yeah i'm i'm giving this up mm-hmm. this is this isn't worth it anymore right so hey that's that's one story though uh i hope it doesn't happen to everybody like that and uh thankfully i can get on a bike today and still keep on this guy's rear wheel for a little bit mm-hmm. and uh and have fun but do you think by you pulling out uh of like all that all that bs that I was going through with the racing and when you thought it was a job you think that that was a way to kind of re-sprout your love back to biking? Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, when I got done, I did take probably, uh, it's funny, I just saw a picture the other day that was kind of when I started riding again. I had all my bikes sitting in the garage for probably five, six, seven months. Didn't touch them. You know, it was probably skimming, surfing, that's what doing I mean. the other stuff. Uh, Cross-training. Cross-training. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, sure enough, I remember going for a ride. I remember one of my classes got canceled. I'm like, you know what? I got this free day. I'm going to go for a bike ride. And I went all by myself and uh, got my clapped out. Well, it was still pretty new, but it was beaten <laughs> up. You know, pulled it out, oiled the chain, went back out by myself and was just kind of went, holy shit, this is awesome. You yeah. know, and, and from that day on, uh, I, yeah, I took that six, seven month break, but it was consistent then after. That's awesome. So, yeah. So it's yeah. a good thing you didn't lose, you didn't, you didn't lose the love for, for biking. No, and I I think it's pretty impossible for me too. I just needed that break. Yeah. But um definitely the the doing it as a job was was not for me anymore, yeah. you know. And plus yeah. again too, I was uh, my my abilities, my talent was peaking in uh 2007, 2008, 2009 when there was zero money in the sport. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not that I would be doing it for the money, but uh it's definitely an enabler to keep you uh keep you going in, yeah. in the sport so yeah that's funny i know a lot of guys now who are in their uh, mid-20s who surfed their entire life and they always did competitive surfing and then mm-hmm. you know it's the same kind of thing you, you get pushed you push you push and at some time at, at some point it's like wait i'm not doing this for fun anymore I'm, yeah and i think that's uh, what separates though a lot of those pros is that they can they can push through what i couldn't you know or maybe they didn't they weren't the, that identity maybe for them or whatever wasn't threatened but they're able to say you know yeah this is my job i'm i'm gonna hit this 50 footer at six in the morning you mm-hmm. know and and uh so so props oh, to them you know that just didn't work out for me like that mm-hmm. so but i i look up to them still and and i'm, I'm happy to see guys that can do that um, yeah it's the red bull at six o'clock in the morning yeah. right? there That's you what go they're, they're exactly. <laughs> kevin you, you don't see yourself uh to the point where you're like i'm done I mean, you're still you still have a passion for biking. You still have a passion for racing. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, I had a, <clears throat> I had a lot of downtime on the couch because these injuries were um, 
you know, it started out as one thing, and it was like, all right, well, this is going to be, you know, a, a month or two. And then, uh, you know, I, I did my shoulder after that, and then I was like, all right, this is six months. This is rough. And then uh, did that, and then I got back on the bike and realized that my elbow was the real issue. Um, so then I ended up having a surgery after all that, um, you know, and then it's it's that was really just dragged out. So it just kept getting worse and worse, and, and um yeah, for a minute there, I was thinking that, you know, maybe I really am done. And, and I, that never crossed my mind, you know, during the injuries or, or shortly after the injuries. It, it took a while. And, um, you know, I just thought it was kind of never ending. But, uh, yeah, I, I did think about it. And, uh, you know, and then I, I started being able to get back on my bike and just doing, like, light cross country and uh, just getting, getting like, a little bit of flow going. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude. I was like, this is it. I'll never go. I'll never. I'll never throw in the towel mm-hmm. with bikes. There's no way. So, um, and like I said, I do a bunch of other things. You know, like I really love skimming. I really love uh, riding dirt bikes. I mm-hmm. really love you know doing these other things. So, um, but I, I thought mountain bikes was just another one of those things. You know, and it just I was lucky enough to do it as a job. But uh, no, I yeah. realized that it, which it's is awesome. The, it's the shit, dude. Yeah, right. I mean, how many people, you know, out of all the people that ride bikes, like get paid to ride their bike yeah no, i mean that's that's huge yeah that's I mean, huge man yeah. that's the dream right there you gotta you know 100%. you gotta count your blessings when that happens you absolutely know? but you know that act that, that really finally came came to light that, that that doesn't matter to me like i love riding bikes mm-hmm. they're so fun man so <laughs> i mean you see it everyone's buying bikes now like yeah like five or ten years ago like nobody could justify spending five to ten thousand dollars on a, on yeah. a pedal bike like that's a joke you know and now it's like everyone i know mm. it's it's either their dad or their son has a five thousand dollar bike yeah it's but no but the but the but the cycle industry has you know has taken a dip that's what uh, they say you, you know they're, they're, they're taking a dip a lot of, a lot of mom and pop shops shops are closing down because of the internet yeah you know everybody's Direct buying their stuff you know sure. buying stuff on the internet like you know somebody goes to the shop hey you know can you match this price you know on what online it's like Dude, like we have or I know overhead, you know, we have yeah. insurance, rent, you know, there's yeah. like so many factors and you know, online overseas, whatever, like they don't have that. So it's like they just big warehouse, they you know, they get blown out and here you go, man, here's a killer mm-hmm. deal, which yeah, which is kind of uh it's killing the, the, the brick and mortar shops, which is like the really the heart and soul of mountain biking because if yeah. you if you don't have a local bike shop to go to to talk to the mechanic, you know, get some fix or whatever, it's like where are you gonna go? Like you can't take it online and Exactly. You know, quote what Kev yeah. said earlier: bikes break all the time. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Not, yeah. not everybody knows how to fix them, man. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome for us, you know. In SoCal, we have so many awesome shops, and, and so many awesome owners that are passionate about biking, racing. You know, you're you're part of uh, you're, you're you're getting hooked up with uh, Pro Bike Supply. You got a, uh, a better bike, Joe. The oh, the Bico. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the Bico. Bico, nice. Yeah, they've been around for a long time, and and. Yeah, I mean they're they're dealing with stuff like that right now. You know, everyone's everyone's knows someone. You know, and that's been a that's been a problem with uh, bike brands. You know, especially uh, American bike brands where it's like everyone's got some hookup. You know, and then mm-hmm. it's like, well, this dude's trying to make a living. You know, and then he's got a kid coming in saying like, hey, so and so or or someone, don't worry about it, uh, can get me this whole bike for uh, this price. You know, can you match that? And it's like, well. Uh, no, because it cost me more than that just to get it here mm-hmm. without yep. marking it up at all, you know. So, it's uh, yeah, there's absolutely a, a problem with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see to see where it goes because now all these brands are going, you know, um, direct. direct yeah. Sales what, what, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Like, I know Giant went direct. 
you know, now you get a lot of these uh, these companies that are European companies that are coming at, now coming to the U.S. market. Um, Canyon, Canyon. Um, all right, is is uh, is a direct uh, to to consumer. The YT start the whole YT, thing. YT, YT, yeah. 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 Mon- I think I heard like Mondraker is going to start coming over yeah. here. So yeah. it's like wow. now now we're now we're getting all these Europeans companies yeah. that are are sort of going to start flooding the market yeah. here. And you know, I mean, is that is that a good thing? A bad thing for 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 local it brands here like Santa Cruz, specialized? There's, yeah, there's two sides to it. You know, like I, I've been. I keep an eye on all this stuff, you know, and, and there's some brands where it's like you can get a bike that would cost you, say, 8500 bucks mm. from, from another brand, and they're selling it for 3500 bucks. And it's like, how do you... you exactly. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, I don't know. Bikes, bikes are a joke to begin with, you know, like maybe if they... Uh, I don't have the solution to this, but, you know, they got to figure something out because... Uh, you can't you can't blame someone for saying, "Hey, I really want one of these things. They're cool, you know." But why would I spend eighty five hundred bucks when I can spend thirty five hundred bucks for the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then you got you got people like the bike company or the path, you know, that you know they bust their ass, you know, to get to get clients in there and people on bikes and and returning customers and things like that, mm-hmm. and they do an awesome job. But um, you know, it's like where who's the bad guy well, right well yeah. at the same time i mean I, I can go out i mean you ride dirt bikes it's like yeah. i can go out and buy a dirt bike a full-on dirt bike off the showroom that's floor. always been the argument has it yeah. why am i gonna pedal this thing right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same price like a brand new ktm exactly. right or, or, or a like Honda or right over to burt's mega mall <laughs> yeah. right in azusa california right you know, like, and i can drop that in less cash yeah, yeah. And, and, and get that like yeah, but then you have to. Where do you have to go to to ride your dirt bike? You can't ride it. You know, ride you. Hey, dude, were you not yeah, listening? Uh, California. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a consumer's market, uh, and and hopefully it just can can open the doors to getting more people on the bike, which then in turn those guys are going to have to roll into their local bike shop at some point. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can create a great kind of synergy in the in the industry. I hope stuff doesn't get torn apart and ripped ripped apart too much. Uh, by this this kind of uh, business to consumer direct direct uh, uh, sales and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, hopefully everybody it can become a win win or maybe it stems this new creative competitive market but um, yeah it's it's a little concerning and, mm-hmm. and I don't like seeing those those brick and mortar shops go under yeah. uh, especially the ones that do a good job too mm-hmm. we all know we've been to the you know living by the beach anyway Southern California. You get the bike shops with the beach cruisers, mm-hmm. and then you see these companies like The Path or The Bike Co. If those companies start going down, but you got the beach cruiser bike shops around, you know that that's not the same level of talent and, and care put into those bikes, yet mm-hmm. those are the ones that might be stuck around here in four or five years. Yeah. Uh, and, and that scares me a little bit, but you know, hopefully it'll stay on the positive for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. All, all those people are going to buy those European bikes and break something, and they're not going to be able to get their parts for months and months and right. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, you, you can't go to the bike shop. Hey, can you warranty my common soul bike here? Yeah. Like, nah, man. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> From yeah. the little bit I've seen around here in Southern California, and I'm, I'm just going off of the, the group that I'm surrounded by, but um, you know, most people know how that works you know and, and a lot of them do say like no no I'm, i, I want to support my local bike shop you know mm-hmm. i don't know if that's if that's nationwide but uh 
that luckily people do understand and there's like a little bit of like a sense of belonging you know like i'm sure like you guys have you know the, the path for <laughs> guys things yeah. like that you know and then people feel like they belong because they really do it's it's a huge family at the end of the day you mm-hmm. know and like that's something that this sport has that like not many other sports can really compete with that you know so yeah. like, hopefully that is you know enough of a you know a part of this deal that that'll, that'll help people uh you know that understand how this works and yeah well it, it's pretty cool that joe actually has a passion for racing you know and he travels around i know he's uh he's he was out of china peak yeah uh, I, I don't know if he was renting on your bike or not but i know yeah. he was out there and and yeah. also he he wrenches on um um brian some lopes. guy some guy named brian lopes some dude that? some dude some yeah. random dude yeah. brian lopes silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> the silver fox the iron fist <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, but that's that's part of I think what that what that shop Wyatt has so much success is because uh, they've been around and like they offer services you know that like most shops don't you know where it's like they're getting into uh, you know like say Fox suspension where the stuff custom out of the stuff. box is custom yeah. and it's like how really many people bad. can make it really better mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and uh, that dude spends enough time and puts enough effort into like showing up to the races and being like what are you feeling you know and, and ripping the thing apart on the spot mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on and improving it and then he offers that service you know what i mean and and, and he's to been anybody. around yeah, yeah to anyone so and, and he's been around like you know he's helped run uh world cup teams out of that shop you know honda turner and uh right. honda iron horse yeah, yeah. you know duncan riffle uh, i don't know who else we were just there, watching so. some parts of uh, earth and earth two last night right. yesterday yeah so yeah so there's there's a lot of history with you know some of these shops and uh you know that's that's a huge part of it you know why they're successful and mm-hmm. uh they're they're just super passionate about it and uh they're nerds you know they yeah love, they love getting into it and i do too that's why like we work great together is because we're constantly just like I think we can do this. I think we can do that. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, messing with it. So that's, that's, uh, and product design too, as well, you know, improving, you know, he's, he's designed a bunch of wheels and things like that. So it's really cool to have people like that, you know, yeah. that really get into it. I think, I think, uh, like bicycle racing helps the sport and your, the brand and the shops, you know, because they see, Oh, well, you know, like Joe's out at these races. Like if I go race for the, for him or for whoever, like, I know I, I can get some help from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and he's got, you know, a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of these parts, you know, they're, they're completely different. Like, say you want to bleed a, a brake and you think, you know, most mechanics know how to do it this one way. And then this new product comes out and it's totally designed another way, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that where, where they're up to date on it, you know, and not right. necessarily everyone else is. So exactly. That's super important. Yeah. Yeah. So, let, let, so let's talk about your, your hyper now. So you're, you're, on, you're in hyper bikes. Um, are, where, are they, where are these bikes sold at? They're actually not in production uh, for sale to the public yet. Um, I don't know what the plan is. I know um, there's been talks of you know possibly selling online through Walmart. You know they that's, that's their bread and butter, butter, right? Bread and butter, yeah. yeah that's so where they're making money. These, uh, you know, hundred dollar BMX bikes and stuff for you know the average person that just wants to get a bike, you know, for their kid or whatever. What's wrong with that, dude? You know, well, you, you, you got to you got to start, start somewhere, right? That's where, that's start. where I started, yeah. 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 And they're not really even, you know, they don't really care. Like they don't need to make mountain bikes. They mm-hmm. make plenty of money off of, you know, they make toys and stuff too. You know, kids' toys, RC cars, and things like. Is that, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So they're. Uh, I I don't know exactly what their plan is, but. Um, I'm really hoping that they just go into production as soon as possible. Um, that's what have that, them available, whether they're direct mm. or they're going through bike shops. You know, there's a few different options right now. But uh, I've just 
personally just have a bunch of people that are just like really stoked on it, you know, and, and they actually, uh, they came up with their own design, you know, like so many of these brands are just like taking a four bar and just, you know, it's, it's really basic, but these guys actually put like a lot of thought into it. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't know what to expect hopping on it, but, uh, you know, I was on a, like a Santa Cruz V10 before that. And I just picked it in the meantime because I was like, you know, they're they're race proven, they're good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, it was incredible, you know, just a production bike, like I was saying, right out the shop, and and you know, dudes are winning World Cups on almost this identical bike. Exactly. Um, so it was crazy to to feel that after being on KHS for so long and, and dealing with different, you know, weird setups and stuff, mm-hmm. and then getting on that, and then getting on the hyper, you know, I had no idea what to expect, but uh, I was blown away. You know, my first ride on it was at Whistler and uh yeah just the the small bump sensitivity and then everyone's like kind of messing with with ramp rate everyone wants to like shut down the volume in their shock so it ramps up earlier and Mm -hmm. has that mid-stroke support you can you know that'll push back if you put some input into it um that bike is incredible you know it's got it it looks like a regular four bar but um it's it's got like another link at the bottom and it actually moves it it positions the shock a certain Hmm. way um so yeah i i have a trail bike um, that's like a long travel 29er. Uh, that's like mind blowing. You know, I was, you know, planning on racing it at some of the downhills, but I just realized I got to stick to it. You know, so, um, I don't exactly know what their plan is, but, uh, all I know is that I've got a massive bike that fits perfect and is incredible. So, um, planning on, you know, sticking with those guys and EC for 2000. Uh, 18 and mm-hmm. beyond hopefully you know and and uh just keep uh keep evolving that bike because it's it's uh really impressive so are you the only rider for hype right now or pro rider or no they have, have uh boss van steenbergen i think that's how you say it um he i think he he's from Kelowna, bc but uh pretty much a whistler local okay and i'm sure you've seen him uh you know in free ride contests and mm-hmm. stuff. he's a big free rider but yeah. uh i just met him for the first time at whistler and um, dude is incredible, man. I, I just watched him race slalom, and a lot of these free riders, they they have no idea what they're doing when it comes to racing and like you know really getting everything out of the bike and their, themselves. And uh, he ended up getting second in slalom at Crankworks, which is nice. like wow. gnarly, man. You're going up against like like Slavic, I think was uh, the dude that won. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, he's uh, he's the other rider on the team, and uh, yeah, he's just super well rounded, nicest kid ever, mm-hmm. and uh, super humble. You know, some of the free riders are the opposite of that <laughs> this kid's just super down like to yeah <laughs> yeah this guy <laughs> no but oh. yeah, that's the team right now so uh i don't know i would like to uh extend the program a little bit and get some younger kids like like we're talking about the talent pool here in southern california is out of control yeah and uh i just want to keep seeing it go you know it's a feature of the sport man you know if yeah. you don't if you don't help them grow, you know, if you don't water, you know, water a plant, man, it's not going to grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that intense had that, uh, what they call that team, that kind of development, the Palmer project. Yeah. Palmer project. Okay. Dude, a bunch of kids came out of there that were just like absolutely ripping and they mm-hmm. still are. And they don't get, you know, enough credit because there's so many kids that are ripping right now. But mm-hmm. there's, there's like 10 or 15 kids in, uh, Southern California, or at least the U S that are just so much talent right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would like to, uh, see uh you know hyper grow their program a little bit as well as some other companies you know i wish i wish uh, i could just give them all hooked up and you know, yeah but that's that's not uh it's not really how it works so yeah yeah hopefully hopefully they expand everything and uh just just keep growing because we got a lot a lot of potential 
what's it like to, to work for a company? I mean, for, to work for a company like that where they're they're taking your input, you know, and they're putting it on the bike. They're they're changing stuff because they they know that you know what you're doing. Uh, it's awesome. I've never had it before, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like with KHS, you know, they're they're worried about making money and selling bikes. You know, yeah, getting results is a secondary thing. So, um, yeah, dealing with it's and it, it just takes one guy. You know, Eric Carter's like he's basically doing everything right there. He's helping design the bikes. He's you know he's getting like everything, everything where are they based out of where is the company based out of the um i think they're from new jersey okay and they have an office in oceanside okay and so eric works from home most of the time but he's bouncing around all over the place got and it flying around the world and then um you know one of the designers that helps with the bike is uh he lives right here in aliso okay um he's a real well-known dude so uh yeah it's really cool to, to be able to say like hey you know i'm feeling this or that and like you know they're in the process of making the second round of of these bikes now and they got a 29 inch downhill bike coming uh coming my way pretty soon so like that's incredible to see because downhill and and enduro as well is like it's it's f1 man like it's, it's the top <laughs> it's the top of the sport and yeah. like there's so many things that go into it but like the the technology is is like mind-blowing man mm-hmm. like for someone that doesn't know what these bikes do and they hop on there They'll shit their shorts. It's yeah. it's incredible, man. You got a seat that goes up and down whenever you want. You, know, you got suspension where it's like you can go over holes that are knee deep. You yeah, know, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, being able to mess with that, I'm a, I'm a nerd myself, and I love tweaking on that stuff. So, it's really cool to see it, you know. And I just I just want to keep racing. Yeah, I didn't get very many races in this year, so I just want to just keep getting after it, you know. What? Um, but you did win. You did win Craft and Cranks. Yeah, so. yeah, that was cool. I've been to that one a bunch of times, and. uh it's just that's a cool event. I mean, you know, you got everyone out there drinking, having a good time, and like mm-hmm. it's a real event. You know, I, I, it's not I like, was. I you was were drinking. I was definitely. <laughs> no. I was definitely. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't say. Don't that's, that's almost what they need to start turning the the races into a party. You know? Yeah, a yeah, festival. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then lo and behold, a bunch of people show up, yeah. mm-hmm. and the band shows up, and not and just drinking. Yeah, a real band and something for the kids to do. And like I had, you know, we both had people coming up that were. Uh, had nothing to do with mountain biking really and and they wanted to see the band and they wanted to try all these new beers and this and that and like it was a real event you know Mm -hmm. where where a lot of these races people are like you're never gonna hear the end of this this will be the first and last time that you drag your family out to a mountain bike race because it sucks they don't get to see anything they don't get to Mm -hmm. have fun you know i mean it's just all about dad dad needs to go right down the hill so (laughs) those those are the sick events man they gotta they gotta take note and you know mammoth Mammoth uh, this year wasn't as good as years past. I don't think they got rid of dual slalom. I love yeah, dual slalom. It was my favorite favorite event. They yeah. they, they replaced it with e bikes. They yeah. did not. Did they really? Well, you got a cool I helmet did. out of that. Hundred percent. You got a cool helmet. Yes, yes, they wow. did. Wow. Wow. Do you guys think there's any uh, stability in e bike racing? Oh man. No, no, no not comment. Racing. Yeah, not yeah. racing. I'm not sponsored. No, <laughs> no comment. No. They're, they're coming around, whether you like it or not. I, I get here. passed on climbing by girls wearing yeah. North Face jackets yeah. in in the summer heat. You know, passing me climbing <laughs> after I've been climbing for ten minutes. You know, and they, or a six year old on, on mattress, right? <laughs> yeah, you're going up mattress, yeah. like struggling. You know, like well, yeah, I, I, I struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my heart's about to pop out of my mouth. You know, and, and this cute little girl rides by, and you're going, "What the hell?" Is going on man yeah. keep up the good work but, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but that's why they'll be around that's why they're coming whether we like it or not yeah and so. there's gonna create some accidents on the trail too you, you know there, there's a lot of uh there's, there's a lot of parks that are 
or banning banning them. You know, you can't you can't be you know like I know OC Parks. Like I was talking to one of the Rangers at Ali and uh, Omoro. He's like, yeah, like we don't we're not we're not issuing any any citations, but we're educating the people that on e bikes that you're not supposed to be on these trails with e bikes. Cal- uh, California yeah. California State. Right. That's why you can't ride them on Mammoth. You can't ride them on Big Bear. I I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for them. Definitely. You know what I mean, and and maybe the beach path. Well, I mean, no, maybe <laughs> in the mountain, maybe in the mountain, but you know these these com- these e bike companies have to, in my opinion, they have to invest in the trail system so it's sustainable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just like throw it's them in there, idea. but like you know what? Hey, you know what? Let's let's all invest. You know, millions of dollars because they're making you know hand over fist money, or right? They yeah. Bosch and all these other companies yeah. that are making yeah. these motors. Yeah. Let's invest it in the trail system. You know, and have throttles, real throttles. Some of them are like pedal assist. Well, some of them, these dudes are twisting throttles. Well, like see, really? the, the, yeah. there's yeah, there's so those are illegal, you know. But I know like the, the pedal assist, the turbo. class class one or E ones, whatever. Those are those are legal on some of the trails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but single track for sure is not el- is not allowed. But I mean, these companies should invest in the trail system because a lot of people are, you know, they're kind of split. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah, want them, some definitely. people don't want them. But it's kind of cool what they're doing because if you really look at it as like. Like, my mom, for example, she can't hop on a mountain bike and go climb up a steep hill. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell, you know? She'll hurt herself. Right. But she could get on one of those, and she could do it. And then, you know, you take someone that knows how to ride a mountain bike, you know, that maybe can do one lap at Aliso or something, mm-hmm. you know? But but then they can really go out, and they can do four or five laps, like a proper ride, you know? And that's that's really cool, you know? Or, you know, for sure. an older dude that, like, he can't crank up these straight-up hills, you know? So it right. is... It is cool, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not super huge fan of them, but at the same time, it's like if it really does allow people to enjoy the same stuff that we do, like that's pretty cool. It makes yeah. it, it makes the sport more expe- accessible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It is. And those guys might realize like uh, this thing's really cool, except it's 45 pounds or whatever. And it's, yeah, they're heavy, dude. Yeah, heavy. <laughs> and now I'm strong enough, and I know how to ride. Like now, I want to go get one of those, you know, sweet ten thousand dollar bikes that you just got to pedal. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Exactly. Hopefully, I don't know if anyone will really go that route, but. <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> what's your What's your plan for 2018, bro? Just get sick. <laughs> get no. in. Just send it. Just in. send it. You know what's going on. <laughs> no, I, I have Silly. no idea. I'm uh, I'm a little bummed on how the pro GRTs have been. There's so many of them. Uh, they're back and forth, East Coast, West Coast. Um, so I don't know if I want to do so many of those. Maybe I'll pick and choose uh, the venues that I like or the tracks that I like. Um, but really, I, f- I feel like a lot of the focus and attention is going to the Crankwork series. Mm-hmm. Now they have, like, I think they had four last year or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can race, you know, like just for – I only did one this year. But in, in uh, Crankworks Whistler, it's like I got, uh, like, an endurance downhill, like a real endurance garbanzo, super gnarly. You know, I think it was like 18 minute run or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, Canadian Open downhill, which is like basically a World Cup. Um, dual slalom, awesome. Um, and then, shoot, what else is there? I mean, there's there's a million other events. I, I did one other one, other whip off. But uh, it's like I could personally, I'm not doing all of them. I could go do six events in one week, mm-hmm. and they're all world class athletes you know yeah for all sure. the photographers the videographers the Pink fans, vital the crowds are yeah. huge man at, at all these i mean i only saw photos of the european ones because i didn't go this year but um i plan on doing those because i think uh you know just with whoever's on the on the program and and a mechanic uh, you can you can show up and like it's like i could spend uh 
three, four grand just for myself, say, say five or six grand to bring a mechanic to go do one World Cup. And it's like, uh, you know, I could have a slow leak and drop in and burp my tire and uh, done, done, go home. You know, you, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go to these events and it's like it's a different atmosphere, too. And the, the playing field is a little bit leveled out. You know, sometimes a lot of times dudes that are normally, say, mid pack. Uh, at World Cups are popping up into the podium or a top five or top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's maybe, I don't know what it is, but I think it's probably just the, the more laid-back atmosphere of the whole event as well as, like, you get another shot. Like, you could totally blow this race, but, like, go take a shower and show up the next morning, you get a whole other super sick event. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's pretty cool. I think that's what I want to do. Um, and then I want to film. I want to go out and I just want to do big, big, jumps man i want to go to the desert yeah (laughs) that's the plan for the next couple months here is uh yeah maybe let's go to baja dude yeah Yeah. 450 tellings man yeah Yeah. i want to try i'm going to do that ensenada uh, oh the urban downhill race Urban downhill what is that it's in november right yeah normally i think it's first week in november okay it's before the baja 1000 yep yep okay That'd be sick. That's the next level. I think, I think there's potential nice. to do some stuff down in Baja. You know, like, it's it's untapped. Yeah. Yeah. It's untapped. There, there Look how many people definitely. show up. Like, it's a big, it's a big turnout, you know, right? People as as, like, are, fans. are scared, though, of, of, you know, Mexico, and that you hear all the, the media hypes it up as this big, bad place, but you huge. go over there, Hype man, it up huge, and man. then all of a sudden you find yourself, like Kevin said, eating dinner in someone's family. You know, these people are way nicer. You're eating dinner in their family? <laughs> Is that what I said? I'm That's kind of weird, bro. Yeah, wow. <laughs> they're with their family. Lay off the coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't have a beer. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so you know, this weekend is they're doing that, the Baja Epic, which is uh, three days of cross-country racing. It's kind of like the Cape Epic in South Africa, oh. but they're doing it in Baja. Wow. So they, they brought in a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, European racers, and, they're you know, it's, it's going on right now. And it's three days of racing. They had a prologue, whatever. But the, the the cool thing about Baja is like there's the they're fanatics. They are about anything, dude. Like you 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 set up an event, especially like the down the down downtown Ensenada, mm-hmm. the Riviera, and right from the Riviera. That's yeah. where that's where they start the Baja 1000. And people are fanatics, dude. You know, yeah, they mean? treat like, everybody like rock stars down there. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And it it's feels huge. it feels cool to go down there, and and you know you can be yeah. a, a a mid pack amateur rider, but they think you're a rock star. You know, you know yeah. people, people people will come up to you and you know you autograph their yes, t-shirt, their yes. little kid's forehead or something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're 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 right. You're a rock star down there, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, Especially that's, if that's you bring stickers. Yeah. Stickers. <laughs> that's, that's money down there, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five stickers will get you a taco <laughs> and maybe a beer. Who knows? But those, those kids see that, you know, and and uh, you know, two, three, four years later, they're they're the ones that are buying the used bikes or whatever they can find, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, there hasn't been a ton of uh, specifically Mexican riders coming up through the ranks, but uh, that stuff's cool, man, and that that hypes up a lot of kids, and like that's, I mean, that's how I got into it. I saw one dude roll down one hill, and like that changed my life forever, you know. And think about how many people show up to those those, uh, you know urban events and stuff mm-hmm. like that where you're, you're going through someone's living room and then off their balcony you know <laughs> over their pool or something like they have crazy <laughs> stuff like that yeah it's wild I know, I know john john buckle goes down there and does those races and you know it's just it's just a few hours away you know yeah. you don't have to go to a different part of you know jump on a plane or something you know a few hours away you're in mexico and no jet eating some tacos drinking some tacati beers you know and yeah, yeah it's great. racing you know how cool great. is that yeah for sure so your plans for next year is kind of uh, maybe the the crankwork series yeah yeah i would like to i mean this year i got to pick and choose a little bit but uh 
you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. This is all new for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been on a factory chain basically since I, you know, started in high school. And uh, but yeah, I, I plan on um, you know probably traveling with uh, a mechanic and whoever else you know is on the program or wants to come with me. But I plan on doing um, for sure the crankwork series. You know, and maybe four or five events at each one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, last year there was four, so that w- that would be you know. 20 races mm-hmm. that's that's a good season right there but for sure um you know i'd like to do the u.s open they're they're moving that to a new venue what do you mean with that killington oh, yeah. i've never killington. been to killington but uh everyone seems hyped you know all the east coast guys seem really stoked on it so mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be awesome what, but what, it'll what, be hard to top yeah you know vernon that place was vermont be great what's that uncle v killington right yeah, yeah. Not vermont right yeah yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah it'll probably be cool so i definitely plan on going to that um and then what else is there? I mean, sea otter. Sea otter. I mean, you got to do sea otter. I mean, everybody probably, does sea otter. Yeah, probably do that. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the, the random one-off events, you know, stuff like Ensenada. Mm-hmm. Um, I, might, I might try to do a couple more urban races. I have no idea what they're like. I've never done one, but I think I could do well at those. And then, uh, yeah, just that Crankwork series, you know, so probably try to get 25 races in would be, like, incredible. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the plan. What about CES? Any any enduros in, in, on your schedule? You don't want to pedal? No comment. <laughs> crafts and cranks. Crafts and cranks. Yeah, crafts and cranks. There you go. It's pedally enough. No, I did. Uh, I did China Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fun, but uh, and I did the EWS and Aspen, and and the riding at both of them is incredible, especially Aspen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just wasn't super like coming back to the house every night just like this is crazy i love this you know i mm-hmm. was like man that really hurt and like <laughs> i climbed up this mountain you know and like i've said that you know i, I look uh, i'm in the stuff and i look to my left and i'm like i'm i'm at the top of a chairlift what am, why did you make me pedal up this you know what i mean so like, that's enduro bro yeah i guess, <laughs> I guess. yeah i i think the idea of enduro is really cool but i think uh i think it should be more focused on literally endurance downhill where the endurance is put into the the race run.